Hey everybody, normally I will be greeting you with our trademark goofy, barely listenable enthusiasm. I'd tell you what's going to be on the show and make jokes that only the seven people and 19 cats that listen to this podcast could ever truly understand. Unfortunately, hockey hasn't given us much to joke about this week. The National Hockey League is broken. The top professional league of the sport we love has, over the last two years or so, been embroiled in scandals that have rocked the hockey world, covering everything from racism to homophobia to medical malpractice to sexual assault. In each of these cases, we've seen the worst of hockey culture, the supremacy of the team over an individual's safety, mental health, and human rights. We heard Akeem Alou's story of suffering racial and physical abuse at the hands of Bill Peters, among others. We've seen the league take no action to intervene while one of its worst teams holds a young superstar's health hostage as a final petty power play. We saw Logan Mayu, a known sexual victimizer, drafted in the first round despite his overt directive for a team not to do so. And this week, we've seen perhaps the worst scandal yet as the long-simmering story of corruption in the Chicago Blackhawks organization has come to a full boil as the results of the Jenner and Block investigation and the identity of Kyle Beach, formerly known as the victim John Doe in this case, came public. In short, we have seen contrasting profiles and courage and cowardice take center stage in possibly the most public and damning scandal the NHL has ever seen. So it didn't seem appropriate for us to enter this episode with any of the usual joviality or silliness. We will, later this evening, record a second episode covering the blues and our Halloween tradition of goofiness, and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. We'll release it later this weekend. Uh, As we proceed through this episode, we might even make a joke or two to lighten the mood and lessen the tension, but that won't be our main goal. For now, this episode is dedicated to the courage of and focused on the story of Kyle Beach, because it's a story that needs to be told over and over again. We're a regional hockey podcast, and we have no delusions that our conversation will force change in the NHL. Gary Bettman won't resign because of this podcast. Kevin Dayoff won't be fired because of this podcast. But we, I think, as a society, owe it to victims like Kyle Beach and other victims whose names we may never know to have these conversations, however hard they are, so that the league, the Blackhawks, and whoever else might be so inclined cannot merely sweep this story under the rug. With all of that said, this episode will be focused exclusively on the Kyle Beach story, so if you are a victim of sexual abuse that might have trouble with these topics, or you're merely having a good day, honestly, and and want to return to this episode another time, uh, we'll understand if you skip it, but uh, we feel compelled to have this conversation. So, um, Ian, (laughs) normally I'd say, how are you doing? Uh, But I think I know neither of us are doing great, uh, and we're... I am, I don't want to speak for you, honestly a little apprehensive about this episode because it's not going to be fun in the traditional sense that most of our episodes are, but how are you dealing with all this? What has your reaction been this week? How are you processing those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, I can't tell if it's the story or if it's just like the weather of this week. It's probably a little bit of both, (laughs) but like honestly, this week has been like really um draining like Mm -hmm. i've really i've honestly just felt like extremely tired this whole week um and i really think it is it reminds me a little bit of um i don't know some of like the social unrest that happened this summer Mm -hmm. whereas like i've just for whatever reason was like super plugged into that and like 
I think it was actually at the time where I was like in between jobs for like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I just had time. And that was like, I was both really interested in it, but it was also super draining on like Mm -hmm. a personal level. And I think that's kind of what the story is. You know, I think for a lot of folks, we, we want to be following it and it is important but it is also one of those things where it's like when at the end of the day when you're kind of done and you're kind of ready to shut your brain off you're just kind of like like what's been happening with me or like what's like why do i feel just so out of it Mm -hmm. and i think it is that it's like you're you're having to read a story that you want to read because you should but you you hate it because it's just it's just so awful and you're kind of just having to trudge through it with everybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think it's trudging that needs to happen, mm-hmm. but it's still one of those things where it's like, that's just how, that's just how it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was just sharing with you. I watched, um, the Kyle beach actual interview in full for the first time, just half an hour ago or so yeah. finished it. Um, and it's, I, I, think i know everything you know i'm sure there are minor details in the report i haven't gotten to read all Mm -hmm. 107 pages of it but um i think i know every significant part of this story and i keep thinking i will feel like i've settled like you know i'm i it's gonna stay bad it's never gonna be like easier or less awful but i keep thinking i've gotten to like bedrock at least of rock bottom you know like even if you hit rock bottom it's still solid but like it just feels like it keeps hitting me in a different way of like just the the magnitude of the failure the magnitude of the injustice and um yeah it's been it's been a hard week it was i think the what you know it was a tough week in other ways and and the weather has been rotten but i think this is you know a big big part of it and we've seen you know as sadly i just alluded to we've seen um lots of other scandals in the nhl and in Mm -hmm. recent weeks and months and years and this one is on another magnitude altogether it's you know not to not in any way to make light of what happened to akima lu or logan mayu or anything Mm -hmm. um and their stories well akima lu's stories deserves to be told and, and respected and cherished and and does kind of plug into that whole framework you've talked of, about of, you know, you just talked about with the social justice and, and that sort of thing. But like, you know, with no disrespect to those stories, I think this one is just so, you know, to kind of paraphrase what what um Jonathan or what John Tortorella said, this is sexual assault. This is like such a higher level of, of evil, you know, mm-hmm. that like... It's just been all-consuming, and everyone in hockey is talking about it, and will c- continue to talk about it for a while, I think. And mm. so, we're going to talk about it um, because I think we have to. I, I don't think we could have a, a, you know, I don't think we could continue as a podcast and just kind of like give it five minutes or you right, know right. whatever. And and we talked a little bit about how to do it. We thought about trying to do one episode with like a clear line of delineation, but we just decided to do two episodes and, and hopefully the one we do later will have gotten this out of our system and, and at least be able to have a little fun and, you know, enjoy Halloween and that sort of stuff. But uh, before we dive in fully, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. I did uh, want to say um, first and first of all, that, uh, you know, I've tried 
my best to read and study as much as I can. I wanted to read the full report. I never found the time to do it. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure there are aspects of this that will miss or get slightly yeah. wrong. And, and I just want to apologize for that in advance. Um, obviously, you know, I, I said it off the top, but this is going to be hard for some people to listen to. I don't I don't think you or I either one are going to particularly dive into the graphic nature of of the uh, assault encounter at the center of this, but mm. ev- the whole episode is going to be around the mishandling of, of sexual assault. So just be aware of that. Um, and I did want to just give some resources for uh, people out there, you know, who knows who's listening to this podcast. We joke a lot about who does and doesn't listen, but uh, you know, there are people I believe out there listening and, um, if any of you are, are struggling with anything, uh, there is a nas- National Sexual Assault ha- Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE, 1-800-656-4673. There's also the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network at org. Uh, there's the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence at mocadsv.org, and there's the Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault at icasa.org. I was on the Missouri Coalition website earlier, and they have a lot, a lot of great resources and um, actually made a small donation on behalf of the podcast, which... I, I didn't really do to bring up here, but I feel like it is a, it's kind of a transition into talking about it because like I, I felt really compelled to do that. And I think it's because it feels like we all sort of own this story a little bit as mm-hmm. hockey fans and like not obviously none of us were there. None of us, you know, could have changed this yeah. or, or can really do anything, but I think we all have kind of known that hockey culture had problems. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people this week, and, and I don't think they're wrong, talk about it. Not as a corrective, because they were agreeing with our overall point, but they're saying, listen, there are beautiful parts of hockey culture too. The idea of team first and you know all that sort of stuff has a bright side. Mm-hmm. Um, but But we all know it has a dark side too, and... I think we've really seen that this week. Um, And so I just feel like we own it a little bit in a way that I don't feel like I'd normally feel about this sort of thing. Like, I don't feel like I own the Astros cheating scandal or anything, you know, but like, it just feels like I think it's, it's on us to have these conversations and keep pushing and keep demanding better from the league and from, you know, anyone and, and keep, offering our support and taking mental health seriously and all those things so yeah i would say fans make up even if it's a small part you know as individuals make up hockey culture too mm-hmm. and it's like and if you're able to make your voice heard and stand up for something that's not right like that can be heard within the sport itself yeah. you know like the more the more that the fan base changes with what they're willing to accept and things like that, the more you can change like the actual thing you're mm-hmm. you're consuming and watching and everything too. I mean it's you know, it's kind of osmosis both ways there. So yeah. I really do think like like you said, having these conversations, even if it is just like a regional podcast or anything, like it just 
Regional's uh, generous. Yeah, very to be queer. Uh, the, the region of Arnold. Missouri. Regional places sound a lot more significant than we really are. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you hear people, not that it's quite the same, but like, they write a book or write a poem or do music and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, and, or this podcast, if you just have one person that listens and enjoys it, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's really all the difference. So if you have one person that hears something about, like, how they're supported or they're not alone um, in having something like this happen to them. That that can be all the help. Yeah. Um, I mean, as someone that like suffers on and off from like anxiety and depression and stuff, like just hearing sometimes that someone else goes through that, like even though I know it's true, but just hearing it again can be can honestly like lift me up a little because I'm like, okay, I'm not. This isn't mm-hmm. weird. This is something that I go through, and like obviously, this is stuff you know sexual assault is something that's pushed on somebody yeah but like to know that you're not alone even if there's just people that are there to support you can mean can be all the difference mm-hmm. so just talking about it even if you're just a fan of the sport can be enough to help a player like i mean kyle beach said and has tweeted out that he feels like a ton of support come from him from just you know everyday people so it matters i mean it really yeah. does matter yeah yeah so with all of that said um i'm going to do my best to remember to put those resources in the show notes uh, if you have any desire to consult them or donate or do anything like that. Um, and I will also try to remember to repeat them at the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. if you think of that and I don't, please don't hesitate to yeah. remind me. Um, we have kind of a, the last thing I want to say, we have kind of a rough outline. Uh, but anyone who's listened to our episodes, especially our angrier episodes tend to know that we might go all over the place so uh if we repeat or jump ahead uh i apologize i assume most of the people listening to this semi-regional podcast uh are familiar with the um i don't want to say the high notes that's very not not the right word the the rough outline of this uh situation so Uh, But I did want to start with kind of my personal notes from the Jenner and Block press conference, which was this all Wednesday or Tuesday? I know, it all kind of blends together. Um, I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday. What night did the Blackhawks and Maple Leafs play? That was Tuesday, right? I think so. No, No, it was Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. That was Wednesday, Wednesday. So was that all the same night? Yeah, because Quimville coached that night too. And then he got fired yesterday, mm. right? Yeah. But didn't all this stuff come out on two, Monday or Tuesday? Because I remember being thinking about the th- game being a day away and be like, oh, this is going to be a rough game. Okay, yeah. I think they, they got the report like Sunday, Monday. Then it went public Tuesday. I and think so, yeah. This stuff happened. Okay. Well, whatever the timeline is. You folks may know it better than us. But in any case, the uh, press conference owned opened with Rocky Wirtz, the Blackhawks owner, and his son Danny uh, sitting around kind of a, a crappy little table like we are right now. Ian. We're not so different, they and us. Uh, they denied any knowledge of this uh, situation before it took place, and and to be honest, as nearly as I can tell, that's true. Now, I think you can strongly debate whether had they had knowledge, that would have changed anything. But I genuinely believe they did not. So yeah. I'm not going to drag the Wurtzes too much through the mud for that. The Wurtz family has done plenty <laughs> of draggable things, yeah. but this may not be one of them. Uh, they introduced Reed Shar of Jenner and Block, the independent um, law firm that led this inter- 
uh, investigation. Shar explained that he was hired in late June 2021 to independently investigate their response, the Blackhawks' response to the allegations of sexual misconduct by a former coach, uh, and that the subject of their investigation was uh, Brad Aldridge's conduct, the extent to which individuals affiliated with the Blackhawks, including those in senior management, knew, and when and how they knew, when and how those individuals responded to the information and Aldridge's conduct. Um, they mentioned that Aldrich was a video coach from 2008 to 2010. He was 27 years old at the time of the incident. Uh, Kyle Beach, who was not named at this juncture, uh, but uh, they explained that he was a 20-year-old player called up as a black ace from the Rockford Ice Hogs, which I would assume would be enough on its own to mm. uh, isolate the identity of this player, or at least narrow it down to one or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I believe they gave even more details, like maybe his size or something in the report that pretty much compelled him to reveal his identity, which we'll talk about later. But um, he was a 20-year-old player at the time, called up as a black ace from the Rockford Ice Hogs, which is a comedic name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not, this is not a funny story, but I'm never going to read Ice Hogs and not chuckle a little bit. Uh, Jenner and Block interviewed 139 witnesses, 21 current and former Blackhawks players and Rockford Ice Hogs players, 14 members of the 2009-10 roster, and five of the nine Black Aces. They interviewed Kyle Beach. They also interviewed Brad Aldrich, both with attorneys present. Black, they interviewed the Blackhawks chairman and CEO. They collected over 100 gigabytes of records from 145 individuals, as well as 45 boxes of hard copy records. Uh, the only thing that I will say positive that I can imagine saying positive about the Blackhawks at all tonight is that when it was first announced that the Blackhawks would be paying for an independent investigation into yeah. their own misconduct, we all scoffed and uh, thought that was embarrassing and a blight on the NHL. And you could still argue it was. Uh, but this was a really thorough investigation, and they seem to have really thrown the doors open and, yeah, and yeah. demanded that everyone be available to it. So that is uh, all the credit that I will give, all the credit I think you can give them, but it should be mentioned. Um, this is where the, the story of the situation starts. On May 8th or 9th, Beach uh, had a sexual encounter with Brad Aldrich. Uh, Beach and Aldrich have, quote, widely divergent recollections of the encounter, but agree that the encounter occurred. The heart of the difference isn't just what, but whether it was consensual. Within a week of the assault, Aldrich confided with a confidant that the uh, encounter, uh, sorry, that must have been Beach, confided with a confidant that the encounter was non-consensual. Uh, he confided that with the Blackhawks skating coach, whose name is Paul something? Paul Vincent. Um, on May 23rd, so this is about two weeks after the initial encounter, Al McIsaac, who was the then, I think, president of the organization? I believe so. Or the higher up of some sort. Uh, was informed that there was may have been an encounter and separately that Aldrich had sent a sexually explicit text message to a different black ace. So this is already two uh, ish incidents of misconduct. Mm -hmm. One, a sexual assault. 
Uh, McIsaac sent out mental skills coach Jim Gary to speak to Beach about what had transpired. Gary informed Jenner and Block that Aldrich pressured Beach to have sex with him and that Aldrich threatened Beach's career for noncompliance. On May 23rd, within an hour after the Blackhawks had won Game 5 of the conference championship, which I believe was a quenching game that season, Mm -hmm. so they were traveling on to the um, Stanley Cup final, five members of the team's senior management met. Those five were President John uh, McDonough, Al McIsaac, who I guess I must have been CEO. I'll have to look that up. GM Stan Bowman, then executive vice president. I believe it was Jay Blunk. It was a a little bit of a strange name, and I meant to go back and look it up. And then assistant general manager Kevin Shovel-Dayoff, plus Joel Quinville and Jim Gary. Accounts vary significantly, and participants had limited recollection. Convenient. Uh, At a minimum, the senior leaders were informed of the allegations, including Aldrich's unwelcome advances. Did you have something you wanted to add? No, no. Okay. Uh, Several witnesses recalled, this is a quote, and later told others about a discussion that then ensued during the meetings regarding whether the time was right to address these allegations against Aldrich in light of the ongoing playoffs. One witness recalled that during the meeting, McDonough and Quinville made comments about the challenge of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals and a desire to focus on the team and the playoffs. What is clear is that after being informed of Aldrich's sexual harassment and misconduct with a player, no action was taken for three weeks. So that's really kind of the heart of this. I think that's the central... Central understanding is that this meeting happened and nothing was done for three weeks. And that in this meeting, the argument for doing nothing was, hey, we're going to the Stanley Cup final. Um, That was the one against Philadelphia. Uh, And uh, we don't have time for this right now. Yeah, we don't want a distraction. The action was reportedly left in McDonough's hands. He waited three weeks, then told the head of human resources, I learned on Puck Soup, this week that he apparently questioned that person about this because he couldn't believe that someone of Kyle Beach's size could be forced to do something with mm-hmm. someone diminutive like Aldrich, which is a total misunderstanding of how sexual assault and power dynamics work uh, and is disgusting in its own right, but I'll leave that aside, I guess, for the time being. Uh, nothing was done by any of the senior leaders to address the situation until McDonough acted on June 14th. As a result, the Blackhawks' own policy was violated because it required prompt and thorough investigation of any claims of sexual misconduct. On June 10th, uh, Aldrich made an unwanted sexual advance to a 22-year-old Blackhawks intern. So that is in the three-week period of inaction. Aldrich continued to participate in Stanley Cup celebration in Beach's presence. He hosted the he hosted the Stanley Cup at his hometown at a high school. He got a championship ring after his departure, and Aldrich was given the option to undergo an investigation or resign. He resigned, and no investigation was undertaken. Uh, the John... The um, Wurtzes came back on, and I um, gave a pretty long quote uh, here from, I think, Danny that said this, uh, but whichever one of them said it. 
John Doe deserves better from the Blackhawks, and I have instructed our lawyers to see if we can reach a fair resolution consistent with the totality of the circumstances. Um, he also did say that he felt they had a good legal defense, so... Yeah. Eh, but... <laughs> it's just, it's uh, <laughs> the Blackhawks are a very different organization than we were in 2010, so claims Danny Wirtz. And I'm not talking about wins and losses. I am confident that this would not be tolerated in our organization today. We deeply regret the harm caused to John Doe and the other individuals who were affected and our failures to promptly address these allegations as we became aware of them. As an organization, we pre- extend our profound apologies to uh, profound apologies to these individuals who suffered from the misconduct of our former employee. We must and will do better. What the Chicago Blackhawks do off the ice is equally as important as anything we do on it. Our family and executive teams are committed to ensuring that the Blackhawks adhere to the highest ethical, professional, and athletic standards. We intend to win championships without compromising our integrity, and we hope that we can continue to earn the trust and support of the entire Blackhawks community as we move forward with this as our primary goal. End quote. So, Ian, anything you'd like to say? I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm going to try and be as on point and to the notes as possible so I don't ramble off. I mean, I think as a press conference went compared to a lot of things that were said after the press conference by different folks, players, ex-GMs and whatnot, um, this was pretty good or very least standard. Um, the fact that they said and within the report that the Wurtzes didn't really know, I can kind of understand that because if it sort of stopped at the general manager yeah, and that it, senior group, then I can un- you're you own a team, you're the money, you're not going to hear every last thing that goes on with said team. So I, I can understand that bit. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you let anyone that was in that meeting? get off from that i mean you know get off scot-free from that i mean for the most part they didn't for the most part those people have either moved on or they they got rid of them we'll touch on um shell day off later if you want versus now but it's like those those there's your guys if you want to not be if you want to be one of those people that says we can't blame the players you know what are they supposed to do can't blame the media you know because what you know it wasn't coming out of the organization all that stuff that's cool that's fine but the fact of the matter is that those people in that meeting are like all culpable because mm-hmm. it was a discussion. It was, a, as far as we can tell, an open discussion um, where people were caught lying at this point because they were asked about it two or three months ago. And we've got Quinville and Shelby up going, I don't remember that. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember any of these incidents. And then there's a report that says they were there and they even said things at the meeting. And here's what they said. Um, I don't know. I, to me, that was like all this coming out. It seemed pretty cut and dry as far as like who was going to get the axe, who needed to get the axe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. As far as like that initial that initial press conference went, it was like okay. It was kind of like waiting for like all right. So what's the what are the steps against these people? Yeah, I mean the decision to let Stan Bowman step aside. Oh yeah. I don't. 
I mean, it drives me insane, but we can argue about it all day. But like, how can you let? How can you? <laughs> how can you let? Um, Brad Aldrich step aside. I mean, granted, you're like you're gonna we're gonna get rid of you, or you can step aside and then like immediately follow it with like, well, the guy that was the one of the guys that was a main problem for this, Stan Bowen. You also get to step aside. I'm just kind of. I'm just really pissed that these people don't have the balls to basically be like, You're fi- we're firing you. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird, like, it's the, and we'll talk about it later too, it's the Jonathan Taves thing where it's like, look, you have to leave, but you've done so much for us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let you step aside. And it's like, just fire their ass. Now, I have heard, or it's been like the wind that basically if they step aside then there's no, like, severance or whatever. Versus mm-hmm. if you fire them, then there's some sort of severance you have to pay. So in which case, maybe they're thinking about money. I don't know. But it just seems really gross from a public's perspective that these guys are just allowed to be like, well, I'm stepping away for a bit. You know, I need some time. And it's like, no, dude, the mm-hmm. team has to kick your ass out the door. Yeah. I think the real evil here... Um, that hasn't been discussed enough is that 22 year old intern who Mm -hmm. uh, got assaulted or, or harassed in some way in the three weeks that no one took action on this. And then, you know, most troublingly the 16 year old in Mm. Michigan who got assaulted because this guy was allowed to lead the organization. I've seen a lot of people, um, talk about how uh, the Blackhawks chose championships over winning. And mm. they did. Obviously, that's the core of what they did. But that almost lets them get off a little light to me mm. because they just chose outright cowardice over over anything else. They, um, they decided to try and cause as little fuss. Mm. Um, and, you know... And I, you know, I, I, I hate to even say this, but it is true. Over a video coach. Right. This isn't like, one Joel Quinville. It wasn't, I don't know who their assistant coaches were at the mm. time. I'm sure they have all, Mike Kitchen. It wasn't Mike Kitchen. Um, it was a video coach who cuts videos for people. Like, mm. he doesn't, I don't, they don't even, like, super analyze the video, right? Like, they're the video coach. Yeah, there's a billion of them. Like, you could teach someone to do that easily. Yeah. It's literally, you need, like, a graphic design degree or something. (laughs) Like, and again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he was or wasn't the video coach, but... One thing about that, though, that I feel like people talked about before, and uh, then it's been kind of dropped off, and that's totally fine, because it's about Kyle Beach, but, like, this video coach, Brad Aldrich has, like... A hockey family like his dad oh, is yeah, in the yeah, san jose yeah, organization yeah, 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 yeah. and so i'm always like i i just always wonder i'm like well you're also a family yeah. in hockey so we gotta be nice we gotta be quote unquote nice to you yeah sort of thing and yeah. like that's i mean that's the whole problem right that's just right. it shouldn't fucking matter right but to fin- finish a point i was gonna yeah. say like it wouldn't have been better if they'd waited three weeks uh that's that was the primary sin anyway Mm -hmm. but like if they'd waited until after the stanley cup and then like set this guy on fire Mm. and fired him and said we will make sure that you never work in hockey again and we will report you to the authorities for the crimes you've Mm. committed then at least 
there would have been some prevention of future action maybe or some justice for what had gone wrong but instead they let this guy go do it to two more people that we know of for sure and i'm certain other people that haven't come forward Mm. um and it's just it's wrong you know (laughs) As, again, John Tortorella, the voice of reason this week, <laughs> just flat out said, like, no, this is wrong. Why did no one in this room have the courage to say, no, this is wrong? Yeah, like, that's, I think, like, are you, am I, like, taking crazy pills? Like, are we seriously just going to be like, all right, well, we can't do this now. I'm like, let's just get rid of it. I've, that's weird because I try and think it through as like a per like just like what would I do or like person I totally get being a little more like paralyzed in this moment because you're like what what is it like in our organization or someone uh-huh. I know and talk to on a daily basis it's they did this to somebody like you know it obviously you couldn't believe it right away like I don't believe it but if you let it sink in you're like okay this did happen supposedly allegedly that he was just kind of like a weirdo anyways like there was just kind of rumors about this sort of weird crap happening anyways yeah it's not like i mean from everything we heard before the report it's not like he was popular yeah super friendly with everybody so like i get when this happens that your initial thought is like shit you know like i don't want to deal with this this Mm -hmm. sucks Mm-hmm. But, like, to not to literally not deal with it feels almost childish to yeah. me. Maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but, like, if I've had, like, a flat tire, my first thought is, like, this blows, and I hate this, mm-hmm. and life is terrible. And then I literally just go, and now I will change the tire because I must do that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I don't like this at all. But that's also just the thing I have to do now and might as well do it. Yeah. So I can't believe that a lot of people are like, this sucks. This happened at the worst time for yeah. us unbelievable now we have to de- now we literally must go deal with this yes yeah like that's what i just everything else drops off yeah. it's like you wouldn't this is feels like somebody who's been sitting around and it's like well darn it there's been blood in my urine for three weeks but i'm not gonna like get that checked out yeah. or anything you know it's probably fine like you know if you're sick you're and you're just slowly deteriorating you're either going to get that checked out or you're like mentally not well and this is that same sort of situation and um it's just like those people are the leaders right like as much as we'll talk about like tapes and stuff those guys are the literal leaders of your organization they were just like well not right now and I don't know what for. I don't know how it would have ruined their chances of winning the cup for Quinville to say, yo, man, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Right. You're not welcome here anymore. How is that? See, that, like, I I wanted, I wish I was an investigative reporter and I could just dig there. Because, yeah. like, there's something deeper there. If your organization can't withstand you saying, hey, this dude sexually assaulted one of your teammates, and so he's not going to be here anymore. And your teammate, and again, it it doesn't matter in any way who Kyle Beach was or wasn't, but it's not like it was Jonathan Taves where it was like, well, we've obviously got to sit this guy out for two weeks because of everything he's been through. It's a guy who's not playing anyway. So, like, I just... I, it baffles me that that was the mindset. I can't, 
I've I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but like I tr- I genuinely am fat fascinated by like systemic inaction mm. and like how human beings can collectively fuck something up so <laughs> yeah. badly. Like you know when you see like a like a product launch or like a um like a logo that debuts for a sports team and yeah, it's yeah. universally panned. Every time I think about, do you know how many people were involved in making something so bad mm. that was immediately reviled by the public? Immediately. And it just happened anyway. It just happened. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars they spent? And that's like obviously a much lighthearted, more lighthearted version than this. But you look at this and it's like, how did you all have no courage at all how did no one involved in this have any guts whatsoever how did alex freaking debrencat this week show more courage and by the way he didn't show any courage he just said what people are supposed to say he said that this was wrong and that the dude should have been fired which Bravo yeah. to him, only mostly because other people were failing to say that very obvious thing. And before we move on to the Kyle Beach interview, and obviously I'll let you say anything else you want to say, but like the punishment for this from the NHL, and we'll talk about it more with Shovel Day Off. Oh my God, it's so bad. A $2 million fine, and that's it. And the fine is only for violating their own rules, yeah. as I understand it. And we've everybody's talked about it, but smaller than the Ilya Kovalchuk fine, which came along with no draft picks, were lost draft picks. I, I want to make this clear, because I, I think this is a misconception, about this situation and it's a misconception about other parts of it too that we'll talk about like punishment in this case isn't necessarily an attempt to create justice for Kyle Beach Mm -hmm. or for the situation or for anything because that can't be done justice for Kyle Beach was Brad Eldridge never sexually assaulting him justice for Kyle Beach was lost 11 years ago 10 Mm -hmm. years ago that's that ship has sailed we can do our best to fix as much as we can, but that door has closed over a decade ago. Mm. But wh- everything we do now is a message for the next exactly. person who yeah. thinks about doing this. And the NHL had to send a message that said, if you choose winning over basic human decency, you will have no, it's scorched earth. They, the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks, in my opinion, shouldn't be picking in the first round for five years. And that honestly is on the light side for me. They should lose all of their draft picks next year. Destroy them. Destroy them as a franchise. I don't like, I know you have to, I know, and by the way, 100%, one, 100,000% if this was, I don't know, the Nashville Predators, the punishment would be considerably worse if this was the St. Louis Blues. Even the Dallas Stars. This, If this wasn't an original six team in a top five market, it's a completely different story, and I'm not going to be convinced otherwise of that. But, like, you gave... You friggin' brought the hammer down on the Arizona Coyotes for, what, talking to some players at the wrong time or something? Like, 
that's just that is such that's cowardice on a on a real remarkable level and i know people would say well cba like you know gary bettman works for drake or uh for um rocky wurtz is it wurtz yeah yeah i thought so uh you know, and, and not the other way around and all that stuff, but like, oh my God, there's nothing, nothing has happened in this situation that will force someone to decide differently next time. And that sucks. I know. It's like $2 million against the Blackhawks, I think, that someone was like, it's $57. Like, yeah. Compared to like someone that makes like forty five k yeah a year. It's like, it's nothing. As yeah, they sold out that game against the Maple Leafs, as someone said. They might have made that up there. Now, obviously, it's still gross revenue versus net and all that stuff. I get it, but like, it's nothing. That's the thing. I really do think they should have taken some draft picks away from them because I saw people being like, "Well, that's going to hurt the franchise." I'm like, "That's the point, dude." Like, mm-hmm. and I get there's people in this organization that are new and yeah. didn't do anything, so I I do sympathize. I really do. Alex Debrinkatz, all those guys, or people in the front office, all those folks, I get it. I really do. But again, like you said, it has to be, it has to be a deterrent. At this point, it's not justice anymore. It's like if you do this, this is what happens, and what happens is your franchise is you've ruined a franchise, and that's what your name will now yeah. be associated with. Yeah. And it's like, again, we'll get to the Jonathan Taves bum ass quote, but it's like, yeah, it's just like yes, the. the are we going to ruin a person now? Yeah. Yeah, I think we are. We are going to ruin a person now. <laughs> and you know what? They're not actually ruined. They have all of their money, and they'll be totally fine. Still they'll literally be completely fine they'll as a human. get to write a book, probably. Yeah. You know, like... You can be Joel Quinville, and you can talk to Gary Bettman for for probably a couple months, and then he'll go, possibly, you know what, actually, you, you can be like an assistant now. Yeah. Or you can be like a head scout, and then he'll slowly work his way back in or whatever. That dude's probably going to coach again. I don't know how you don't just bar these people. It can't be that hard. Like, you step aside, and guess what? You cannot be in the NHL It's a complete anymore. lack. It's just a complete lack of courage. Well, that's, what I mean. that's the other thing, too. It's like, you're not even taking anything away. Stan Bowman won three cups. Like, he already did He already did all the shit he was yeah. going to do. So just be like, you're you not, can't come back in the NHL, ever. You're not, even, you're not disqualifying him from the cups. You're not taking away the cups from this team. You're not going to say Jonathan Taves... Uh, especially, and Patrick Kane probably shouldn't be eligible for Hockey Hall of Fame nomination, which they shouldn't, and we'll get to that in a, a little while. But like, um, but it's just the things that people, just... <laughs> the things that people are moaning about. Like, I don't know. I really am not a big like cancel culture person, but I do think it's one of those weird. Like, there's no, there's no. There's a lot of gray. There's not a lot of as much black and white anymore. Where it's like, look, yeah, you don't want to cancel culture someone for the, something they said ten years ago on Twitter, like when they were nineteen. Yeah. Don't do that. But someone that like covered up a sexual assault. It was your fucking job. Yeah, you had you literally had like one job, and that was to be like the steward of this fucking team, and you didn't do it. <laughs> and not only did you not do it, like you like walked away, and was like I'm just not going to show up to work today. You like actively did the uh-huh. opposite thing. Mm-hmm. You actively effed your team. Yeah, like that's the thing too with like something this big is I can't believe you decided to like lie and cover this up and just think like like. Just deal with it then. It sucks and uh, it's gross and it's hard to deal with, but deal with it then because now it turned into this. And guess what? Yeah, you get 
There's punishment for shit. I'm kind of like, tired of people not thinking like there's no punishment for stuff anymore. You go, well, you just can't, you know, people are different and blah, blah, blah. No, you get punished. When you do something wrong, you get punished. Yeah. And this is what it is. This is the good, this is the good Catholic upbringing coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but I mean, I completely agree with that's you. That's what God's like, Yeah, that's right. The punishment. That's right. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll get there. <laughs> He's waiting, but it's coming. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, but like the cancel culture thing, like I'm, super anti whatever and that's a completely different thing but like i'm sorry like it's bad but saying the n-word in a cod chat room 10 years ago does not compare to covering up for sexual assault it's like like, it's like comparing i don't know making bad muffins on the great british bake-off to like the Holocaust. It's, I know, like, I'm just like, it's not even like I don't even. Well, like I said, I really do view this as like, as, and like almost like a murder of like character, of like a or just like a person, right? Like Kyle they, Beach is alive and he'll live his life, but like he's a changed human forever. They killed the soul. Yeah, like that soul was permanently. And I'm not trying to get like super metaphysical or spiritual here, but like the person was permanently altered. Yeah, like you know, it really. I mean, really, seriously, it, I really do think, other than planning or accidentally or do whatever you want, like murdering someone, this is like the next step up, aside from like beating someone with an inch of their life or whatever. It's like this is really just like the one step down from that. This or is... almost equal to me, and it's just like I don't know. That's where I sit there and I just replace with murder. Like, well, if Stan, you know, Stan Bowman covered up someone's murder. Like, well, we can't cancel that guy. We can't just get rid of that guy. I'm like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. It's Honestly, so very easy to the do. The weird thing is, too, like our culture, which cannot agree on anything, yeah. is I think sexual assault's literally the only thing. I, know, I think it's literally the only thing that we're all pretty much like, yeah, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. That's as wrong as it gets. And they still screwed it up so badly. And I just, I don't understand. Like, we're going to talk about, we'll keep going, we'll chug on through to the next bits of this. But, like, (laughs) how they're, I don't want to, I'm really trying to hold off on Shovel Day off, but it's, that part is really getting to me. But, like, there are Blackhawks fans who are victims of sexual assault. Thousands mm. of them. Some of them have told their stories. Many, many more have not. And they have to live with this shit now. They have to just be Blackhawks fans or not be Blackhawks fans. And Stan Bowman... Yeah, Stan Bowman. I almost corrected to Scotty Bowman. Stan Bowman... The dude's going home to a mansion. He's... Probably, honestly, I bet he's still involved behind the scenes. Mm. He gets a call now and again, like, hey, Stan, where'd you leave the uh, paper shredder? And also, should I trade for Vinny Henestrosa or whatever? You know, Mm. like, I don't, there's, it's just like, there's nothing, the sense of justice and people talk, well, it's not fair to Stan. (laughs) It's like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, it's not fair to be sexually assaulted. Okay, so I don't know, like I don't know where you're gonna draw the fucking line. Like I'm just, 
Oh. I hate that. I don't, I don't know how you can have like another side. Like, a, well, if you listen to the other side, like, there's no other side. I don't, and we can use this as our transition point. But like, yeah, the, yeah, if you yeah. watch the Kyle Beach interview, and that's why I, I know that this episode will be titled "The Courage and Cowardice" because like it's just, it's like a yin and yang of this whole story. It's like we see. You know, if you watch the interview, you see a guy who's a big, burly, strong guy breaking down repeatedly and sobbing on national TV in a way that, you know, quite frankly, stereotypically would be like, oh, he's like weak. You know, he's crying. He's weak. He's got to keep a strong upper lip or whatever. But like he's actually the exact opposite of that. He's like so brave to be doing this in a national setting. And... um how anyone can see that and have any any opinion other than to set the people that did that to him on fire. And I'm not talking metaphorical fire. I'm talking literal, like, Joan of Arc shit. Yeah. Like, I, there's no punishment severe enough. Brad Aldrich should be in prison forever as far as I'm concerned. And not only because he did it to this guy, but because he did it repeatedly. And these people don't fucking change. And Stan Bowman, like, no, should he be in prison? Probably not. Should he, he never have the possibility to be in the NHL ever again? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I just understand how you look at that and go, you failed as a leader. You no longer get to be a leader well, in any capacity. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but it was only his first season as general manager. <laughs> that was pointed out only about, like, 37 times. That's the other thing, too. Like, a first season general manager, and he was also 12. Yeah. I was like, no, he was also, like, a 38-year-old man. Who was the son of one of the most influential hockey people of all time. <sighs> yeah, probably was real new, to, real new to the sport. Let's move on to the Kyle Beach interview, and let me say, since we haven't mentioned him specifically, um, Rick Westhead, uh, along with Katie Strang and and others, who really broke this story and pretty much had it, pretty much had all yeah, of it from day, the, one, from day yeah. one of going public with it. Um. I think the the only thing that was shocking uh, about the the debut or the release of the findings was a that they released them at all, mm-hmm. and b honestly just how correct everything that yeah. I'd already believed was. You know, not I, that I, not that I nec- not that I had any reason to doubt Rick Westhead or think he wasn't going to come with as much truth as he could gather, but he pretty much got it all. You, you know? definitely thought there'd be parts where, like, well, this part was a little iffy, yeah. that part didn't quite line up, but it was like, no, pretty much everything that was alleged happened. Yeah. So, and th- that's what was shocking. I was like, wow, so all of that was, like, for real. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle Beach had a, a 26 or so, 26 minute, 55 second, because I looked at it a lot of times, um, uh, interview with... Um, Rick West had on TSN it it was just the that was Sports Center I think in Canada mm-hmm. um Sports Century as they spell it up there but you know whatever <sighs> and uh it was hard it was it was really hard and and I would really encourage you if you haven't to make time to go watch it if there's a part of you you know, and I don't want to chastise anyone to feel a certain way or, or or do a certain thing because that's not my job. But like, if there's a part of you that like doesn't connect to this story or or feel it, 
you know, doesn't have kind of the anger about this and, and maybe doesn't get why it's such a big deal. Yeah. Just go watch this interview and see if you still feel that way. And if you do, you know, more power to you. We'll just agree to disagree. But like, um, Beach, who was, you know, pretty much emotional from the get, talked about um, the emotion of his dream coming true and being called up. You know, he he had finished his last season with the Spokane Chiefs, where he played really well. Excuse me. And he came, he got called up to the Ice Hogs, where, um, <laughs> and uh, this could be a whole separate conversation. And I, honestly... Hasn't been talked about enough, but the uh, Bill Peters, Akeem Alou stuff was happening during the same time frame. So Bill Peters was the coach in Rockford when he got there. Um, and um, that this, the Chicago, which is like, is that's like terrible. That's like that. That should be baked into the cake when you're talking about Stan Bowman, too. Like, I don't know about everybody else in that meeting, but like this stuff was going on anyway. Um he went to Rockford. He played four regular season games, I think four playoff games. He scored three goals in the four playoff games. All of that's kind of insignificant, only to suggest that he was a young former 11th overall pick that was still in the very early blossoming parts of his career, and he um, got the chance to be called up as a black ace, similar to how Jordan Cairo was uh, the year the Blues won the Stanley Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was one of those. Uh, it's not just grizzled veterans that are healthy scratches during the season. It's also uh, young, potentially good players who you want to be, at least want them in the room and around it, you know, and like learning and and being on the practice squad and stuff. And Kyle Beach talked about the emotion of, of even though he wasn't going to play games or whatever, like he got called up to the NHL, you know, and the emotion of, of that dream coming true. And then, you know, conflation, conflating that with, just the absolute pain and horror of, of having that dream stolen days later. Uh, he talked about the fear he felt after his abuse because his career had been threatened uh, and he felt lonely. Um, he talked about telling his family, which was really hard, um, and and how his mom blamed herself and, and cried for days because she felt like she'd failed to protect him. Um, and uh, he then talked about how much he loved and respected Paul Vincent. Uh, but he was asking specific, he was asked specifically about uh, the Blackhawks decision to keep Aldrich around and let him parade. And, and I think this is uh, one of the two or three most poignant moments in this interview, although they're all really poignant. He said, uh, it made me feel like nothing. It made me feel like I didn't exist. It made me feel like it wasn't important. And it made me feel like he was in the right and I was in the wrong, or I was wrong. And that's also what Doc Gary told me, was that it was my fault because I put myself in that situation. And the combination of these and him being paraded around, then letting him take the Stanley Cup to a high school with kids after they knew what had happened, there's no word to describe it, Rick. There really isn't. And uh, I kind of want to drill down there just because, like, it made me feel like he was in the right and I was wrong. It's such a a central theme of sexual abuse and sexual assault and mm. those power dynamics. And any time uh, the mistreatment, this kind of mistreatment happens, it's just sickening. I mean, it's just gross. It's such, it's such a, it's... 
so like so violative and wrong and and gross and i just he hit that i don't want to say so well like he was trying to make a point because like that's his story and that's what actually happened but like i think his story encapsulates that broader theme of this subject so well uh he talked about how it changed him as a person how he did things he didn't think he would have done before how he turned to drugs and alcohol to cope with the pain and how he tried to bury this in pursuit of his dream. Uh, He believes that everyone in that locker room knew about the events because the comments uh, were made in the room and in public. Uh, Brent Sopel and Nick Boynton, two players from that team, had independently come forward and basically said they believed everyone knew about this and Mm -hmm. that jokes were made and comments were made in places and and it would have been basically impossible for anyone not to know. Uh, And he said, those individuals that came forward early on with absolutely nothing to gain, they're heroes to me. They really are. Because when I was alone, when I was afraid and I was scared, I didn't think I could turn to anyone. Even when this first came out, the Blackhawks denied it. They said they did an investigation. They said my claims were meritless. To me, I took that as them saying to the world that I was a liar, that I was lying. And to uh, have these individuals like Paul Vincent and Nick Boynton and uh, Torchetti and Sopel come forward, then I knew I wasn't alone, and I could never thank them enough for doing that because it gave me the strength uh, to continue forward with this. And I I just hear that, and like I want to say that could have been Stan Bowman. Mm-hmm. That could he? I'm and I'm not trying to be cheesy, but like Stan Bowman could have been his hero. Mm-hmm. Stan Bowman could have come him come to him and immediately in in May of 2010 and said, uh, you know, Kyle, I heard what happened. I'm so sorry. Uh, Brad Aldrich will never work here yeah. or anywhere in hockey again as long as I had the power to make that happen. And let me know what we can do to make this right for you and like get you whatever help you need. Figure out anything you need. Do you want to keep being with the team? Do you need time? Like anything. And mm. they could have just done it. It wouldn't. This is like, <laughs> this, this is what it gets so, because I keep talking about courage and I, it is courageous, but it's also not. It's like being a decent human being. It's yeah. like a basic level of human decency to stand up and say, no, no. You know? That's like, what I mean. Is like you're, you're doing, you're doing so much for that person, but on like a, a, what it's, what we're asking of you level it's so very little you know right. what i mean it can't be that hard um to do something like that for somebody especially like again in your organization that you are the head of yeah yeah so uh he was asked why he came forward now and he said it was part of his process of recovery but also partially because the details in the report were close enough that he would have been figured out anyway but more than that he said Quote, I've been a survivor, I am a survivor, and I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only one, male or female, and I buried this for 10 years, 11 years, and it's destroyed me from the inside out. And I want everyone to know in the sports world and in the world that you're not alone, that if these things happen to you, you need to speak up because there uh, are support systems. (sighs) He um, spoke about Aldrich going on to assault uh, a 16-year-old in Michigan, and he broke down when he was asked about that and apologized uh, to the kid, which um, was really hard for not doing more uh, to prevent it from happening to that 
individual, but he also thanked him because finding out about him, quote, gave him, quote, the power and the sense of urgency to take action to make sure it wouldn't happen to anybody else. I think he said he uh, would love to meet that guy someday if if that guy was willing because they have um, such a shared history in, in common, you know, mm-hmm. this horrible thing that's happened to both of them has kind of united them together. Uh, he did actually give credit to the organization and said the Blackhawks, quote, accepted accountability and took actions necessary, albeit too late. I commend them for what they did. Uh, he mentioned that three or four months ago, the NHL and USA Sport both denied doing an investigation. Uh, and he hit the point again that uh, if this had been dealt with the right way, it would have pre- protected other victims. And he talked about wanting to go on to you know continue to help people and, and continue to um, you know make be a resource for other folks. Ah, that was uh, not easy to watch. What were your reactions to that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would encourage anyone that thinks they can stomach it to watch it because it really does hit home. It is, you know, you don't think that putting a face and a voice to someone like this would impact you anymore. You like to think that you already feel pretty badly for someone that's just named John Doe. But uh, when you see who, it, you know, you see the person and you see him break it down and you see them detail this stuff, I mean, you just... I don't know. It's just one of those things where it kind of hits home and you're like, this could be someone you know, this could be someone you're related to, this could happen to anyone. And to have to see someone go through that, I think it just, I think it just highlights even stronger the like miscarriages of justice that have happened at like every level for this guy. Like it's, I don't know. It's like, I think that's why we were talking about that being exhausting. It's just like wave after wave. And once you see him come out, I mean, it's super courageous and I'm, and I'm glad he did. Cause I think he's right. I think coming out and speaking out is going to help others feel the courage to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, you can't believe that you can't believe watching that. It's, I don't know. I just couldn't believe it was happening. Quite honestly, I didn't think we'd ever really know who this person was and to watch it happen. It just felt, I don't know. It felt unbelievable, really. Um, but yeah, I would encourage anyone to watch it because I really do think it it drives home that this is like this is a person. This isn't just a name on a sheet of paper. This is a person that like these other players in the organization like knew and skated with and saw. Mm-hmm. And he was eleventh overall draft pick by the Blackhawks, and this was like just I don't know, just a whole person. Like yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really made him palpable and real in a way that, you know, John Doe never really could. <laughs> because John Doe, as much as you feel for that person, they don't have a name, they don't have a face, they don't have an identity and, and a humanity about them. And, and you know, I think his decision was so brave, uh, but also so necessary to make this story stay and he mentioned something and it kind of brought me a little pause because he mentioned the name sheldon kennedy uh as far as a resource for victims of sexual abuse uh and kennedy himself is a former ice hockey player drafted in 1988 and playing for the bruins flames and red wings who uh is quote according to his wikipedia article quote 
known for going public as a victim of sexual abuse by his coach, Graham James. In 1998, Kennedy rollerbladed across Canada to raise awareness and funds for sexual abuse victims. Currently, Kennedy serves as a spokesperson for violence and abuse prevention programs with the Canadian Red Cross. He was honored uh, by Hockey Canada in 2020 with the Order of Hockey in Canada. And the reason that brought me pause is I had no idea who that was. Mm. I didn't know uh, Sheldon Kennedy's story, and I only know it now by virtue of that paragraph that I just read um, to all of you. And and maybe that's my ignorance. Maybe a lot of people know this story and are well aware with it, of it, but... I think it just kind of hammered home why it is so important to be having conversations like this one and and to keep going with them and push forward, even if they are uh, unpleasant. So I uh, thought I'd bring that up. And let's talk about some reactions before we, you know, move, move towards a close here because... Um, God, they all suck. I was they like, all suck. So bad. I was like, get ready for the dog shit. I want to start. God, I, I, I think we're through the worst of it, and we're through the emotionally worst parts yeah. of it. But I'm not sure we're through the worst of our yelling about. Stuff. I was like, I was like, this was, that was all more like uh, anger for just like justice not being yeah. done. This is this is more anger for like yeah. hockey culture still remaining the same. This is more about like that comment that Rocky or whichever Wurtz said, well, our team's different now. And I'm like, is it though? Or, or the fact that or they're gross. I just want to point out the fact that they basically said we could, we could handle this in court and we would be fine. We, uh, we, would have, we think we'd have a favorable outcome, but, but we're, we're actually, settle. we're saints though for yeah, settling. We're so good. We're so good. We're going to send you the message yeah. so that you settle Yeah, because we're going to threaten you. Yeah, I so could, that you don't take this to legal action. I could punch you in the face, but I'm not going but to, I'm which only, makes me a yeah, nice person. But I'll agree to give you 10 cents for not punching you. <laughs> I want to actually frame this uh, with a quote I saw um, brought to light by someone on Hockey Twitter about Anthony Bourdain uh, after he found out about similar uh, allegations against Mario Batali, uh, his kind of longtime mentor and friend, um, because I just think, you know, rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain, of course, but I think this kind of so starkly puts into contrast how you could react to someone, something like this, even for someone who's very famous, who mm-hmm. means a lot to your career, uh, who you have a lot of, or had a lot of respect for. He said, any admiration I have expressed in the past for Mario Batali and Ken Friedman, whatever I might feel about them, however much I admired and respected them is, in light of these charges, irrelevant. I will not waste anybody's times with expressions of shock, surprise, or personal upset beyond saying that I am ashamed that I was clearly not the kind of person that women friends who knew and had stories to tell felt comfortable confiding in. In these current circumstances, one must pick a side. I stand unhesitatingly and unwaveringly with the women, not out of virtue or integrity or high moral outrage as much as I'd like to say so, but because late in life I met one extraordinary woman with a particularly awful story to tell who introduced me to other extraordinary women with equally awful stories to tell. I am grateful to them for their courage and inspired by them. That doesn't make me any more enlightened than any other man who has been listening and paying attention. It does make me, I hope, slightly less stupid. Now, that's 
above and beyond mm-hmm. what I needed Jonathan Taves or anyone to say. They didn't even have to go that far. Right. I just needed them to not fuck up in every conceivable way. And they couldn't do that. Could they? <laughs> it's, just, it's just baffling. They c- uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know if you want to start with the Stan Bowman one because this one yeah. this one reads like... Uh, yeah, but- yeah, this one reads like... Um, I don't know what it reads like. Not an apology. I don't think. I know it. Apo- I know it doesn't. I don't read think like he that. apologizes once, which is unfathomable. But uh, yeah. So when Stan Bowman stepped aside, uh, he had this to say: he "said Since joining the Blackhawks in 2000, I have been extremely grateful for the opportunities presented to me, and proud of our accomplishments. This organization, beginning with the Wirtz family, has been extraordinarily good to my family and to me. This is why today, after discussions with Rocky and Danny, I have decided to step aside." The team needs to focus on its future, and my continued participation would be a distraction. I think too much of this organization to let that happen. Eleven years ago, while serving in my first year as general manager, I was made aware of potential inappropriate behavior by a then-video coach involving a player. I promptly reported the matter to the then-president and CEO who committed to handling the matter. I learned this year that the inappropriate behavior involved, or involved a serious allegation of sexual assault. I relied on the direction of my superior that he would take appropriate action... Looking back, now knowing he did not handle the matter promptly, I regret assuming he would do so. I'm confident the organization and the Wirtz family will continue to do what it takes to win championships with integrity and with the goal of doing what is right. I'm deeply grateful to the Blackhawks. Dude, you traded for Seth Jones. They ain't went and shit in (laughs) 10 years. I'm deeply grateful to the Blackhawks for the chance to manage the team, to the players, to their dedication, and to the fans for their tremendous support over the years. It has been an honor to have been part of this incredible organization and to serve the best fans in hockey in the greatest city in the world. I will always cherish my time with the Chicago Blackhawks. On behalf of my family, or behalf of myself and my family, he ends this with thank you. Thank you. Like, that so, just sounds like a regular ass retirement. Like you just, just like Dude, you stepped aside for no reason. Listen, I don't want to be too tinfoil hat, but if this team wasn't zero six before all this, do you think this even happens? I don't know, man. I really don't. know. I think they drag their feet a lot longer. I. The number of times this organization has managed to talk about winning championships. Mm which is, as I just mentioned, farcical, but let them have their little dream. When the whole core of the problem is the decision to prioritize winning championships is incomprehensible. I don't... Listen, I... I don't want to be. I don't want to be this guy. But like, let's take Kyle Beach out of it for a minute. Yeah. How are your optics so fucking bad? That's what I was like. How are you not say, smarter? Don't say How do you not have better P- PR people? How do you not say, hey, no, no on the winning. Nothing yeah. about winning. Nothing about nothing. Just not no champion. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Who are you no, no. saying that to? By I the feel way, like, like this, we're all aware yeah. you won three cups. Yeah. You're not fucking stupid. Like you don't have to be like. By the way, this organization has been pretty yeah. successful. Also, we're all aware that if you're going to keep playing hockey, your goal is to be to win championships. <laughs> yeah. it There's like one goal. It doesn't matter in this like it, in any you sports can, league. You can say the same thing. By saying we are continually committed to making sure our conduct on the ice, off the ice, matches our conduct on it. That I just made that up. That was just off the top of my head. <laughs> Granted, that I'm a writer for, for a living, so That's a you know, you know, maybe it takes Stan Bowman five minutes to come up with that that I just fired off. But like, 
God, fuck. (laughs) How can you be so dumb? I mean, the rest of it, listen. Maybe... Maybe McDonough really is like the baddest bad actor of all the bad actors. Yeah. But they're all freaking bad actors. I don't... I love my bosses. I am very fortunate. I, I consider myself very blessed to like truly... Not just like, oh, they're good bosses, but like I love them as human beings. I truly, truly do. And I'm so thankful for them. If any of them were accused of sexual assault, which they wouldn't be because they're good people. Although, you know, you never know. But like, let's not, let's not even go there. If I told them that a sexual assault had happened and they were like, hmm, I'll, we'll take care of it. You know, I'll, I'll see that it's taken care of. I would check back in like five minutes later. I know. I'm like, I would be like, yo, I just walked past Brad Aldrich in the hallway. Yeah, man. what the fuck is this? What's happening? <laughs> like, what? You where's the taking care of it part? That's what I mean. You're and the... they would have about ten, ten minutes, maybe an hour and a half, to actually take care of it, and then I would take care of it. That's what I understand. Like, you didn't, you were like, can you do this? And then McDonough was like, sure, we'll do it. And then you were just like, okay. And then that was. Okay. Like, yeah. And also, like, I'm sorry. I refuse to believe GMs have that much to do in the Stanley Cup final. You're done. It's done. You're there. Mm-hmm. It's it's happening, man. Like, you're watching at this point, right? right? Like, I'm sure. I'm sure they have responsibilities, all that sort of stuff. They're selling tickets, all that. But, like. Not really, though, right? Because the tickets pretty much sell themselves because it's the Stanley Cup final. That probably is the most downtime of your yeah. entire season. It's like, well, now I just watch the fruits of my labor. <laughs> yeah. like, I just don't. I just can't believe this is like three paragraphs long and only one of the three paragraphs has anything to do with the sexual assault. And the other two are basically like Blackhawks have been so kind to me. And so nice oh, to Black me. Oh, Blackhawks, Blackhawks, Blackhawks. And like, Black you Hawks, know, Black there's Hawks. just, I, I have tremendous respect for them and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, maybe like apologize. Like, seriously, there's no apology. How can you not? How can you not? That's just proof that you're a shitty human being. I'm sorry. Even the if- friggin', the friggin' Wurtzes did it. They're in the middle. They are in the middle of litigation with this guy. So don't give me any mumbo jumbo about like, well, for legal reasons, he couldn't apologize. They are currently being sued by this person that's what started all of this. Yeah. And they still said we are deeply sorry to what happened for what happened to John Doe and and you know they denied any knowledge of it but they said the organization is deeply sorry and it failed him and like that's not that hard. And this is what I keep coming back to. Saying I'm sorry is the easiest thing to do. Sorry, that's like it what you the, teach a fucking child yeah. to do. I do it. I, I love saying I'm sorry. I, I know. I say sorry for shit that because I didn't even do. You talked, exactly. You talked about it earlier. I have anxiety too. Nothing I love better than saying I'm so sorry I did that. And the person saying, what are you even talking about? And like, yeah, I didn't have any reason to be worried. That person doesn't hate me. Like, what? you know, like it's not yeah. hard. No one has ever been offended by you saying I'm sorry. They might think you're a little weird. A lot of people think I'm a little weird. So that's that's not even a bridge to cross. But like, 
It just, can you be so far up your own ass? I just, that's not like the first thing. Like you every say. statement we've heard is just like evidence of why this needed to be burnt. To that's the what ground. I mean. So, Since joining the Blackhawks 2000, I've been extremely grateful for opportunities. That's like the first sentence, and it's like, dude, just like don't lead with that. That's why, yeah, you're right. It sounds like he's just retiring, like he's just stepping aside. And then even the paragraph where he talks about the sexual assault, he is already blaming up he's already punching up and he's like well you know i gave it to my ceo friend and he i thought it'd be dealt with and it's like this is not time for your like petty squabble bullshit because apparently bowman and and uh mcdonough or whoever it was like weren't the best of friends and didn't they like cam mcdonough like last summer or something they just randomly all of a sudden let him go so like there's been some headbutting in the organization over other things anyways but it's like this whole thing this whole thing's on mm-hmm. base. It's like so far removed from what it should have been that it's it's quite yeah. honestly mind-boggling. Yeah, so let's go to the players now. Yeah. And I want to start with the Brinkat as a, again, like kind of like the Bourdain thing. It's like a format for how to, honestly, <laughs> honestly how to not even do this that well yeah. and still do it well. Because I'm rereading this, it's not even as good as I thought and it's still so much better. That's the thing. Is it's like, still so much better. I don't think there's been a single player that said the, there's been lots of ways said the right thing. Mm. No one's been like scorched earth, like how fans I'm sure would want it. How we would want yeah. it. Be like, yeah, let's roast the Blackhawks and be like, yeah, I'm glad Stan Bowman's gone or whatever. But they, like you said, they at least do yeah. bare minimum human this decency. Is, this is that. I mean, it's a big change. Probably a change that needed to happen. I understand why the Blackhawks and him had to part ways. I get it. My time with Stan, it's been he's been nothing but great to me. You can just delete that whole sentence, Alex. Uh, but like I said, I understand the reasoning and everything that happened. It's probably a good thing that we parted ways. We can just learn from it and get better as an organization. That's not all that good, and it's still just friggin' miles, just country miles better. So let's find Kane and Keith, because yeah. they're not nearly as good. I mean, they're not nearly as, as bad. Do you want to find Keith? Yeah, I And I can Keith. look up Kane's story statement. You read it whenever you have it. Yeah, I was like, Keith's was, and I think this was before, um, before it was known that it was Kyle Beach. So it says, first of all, your thoughts go to the person who was, who was affected by this. Obviously, it took a lot for him to speak out and bring this forward. It took a lot of courage. Your thoughts immediately go to him on what he had to endure at such a young age in his career. You feel terrible about that. It's not easy to see what happened, said Keith. My memories of being there, especially at the time for me, was that it was a special group and it was a championship team. But the important issue is the person who was affected by it. So it's like, okay, you can bring it back to that. That's at least good. Uh, He said, I didn't know anything. My whole focus was right in the moment doing what we had to do as a team. As one of the leaders on the team, our focus was trying to win the hockey games. I know there was talk that players knew, and maybe some guys did know, but not everybody knew. Maybe it's hard for people to understand, but that's the truth. Not everybody knew, and I didn't know that those things happened to that person. And I don't know. I just don't, like, I get that you're kind of, that hockey even in your, in your, insular team can be kind of clicky like you know you got your veterans skating around you got your young guys and the black aces are like almost completely removed and doing their own shit but it's like you didn't call up 50 of them it's not like there's 20 it's like 50 kids out there skating you're like i don't know what any of them say mm-hmm. and the fact that um that this is allegedly like t- got talked about in the locker room yeah that's another thing i was gonna say real quick because i've like had it thought in my head a couple times there's a lot of scummy shit that like is going on when these people cover this stuff up 
and um, they understand Bowman. You don't actually apologize and all this stuff. We're just like, Jesus, how could you do this? How could you do this? <laughs> the one thing that like literally melts my brain is how in God's name can you hear, especially when you know this video coach is already kind of a weird dude, that uh-huh. this happened. And your first thought is, I get it. I'll make fun of the guy for being sexually assaulted. Like, that's some, that's the thing where I'm like, every other bit of this, I kind of understand what Stan Bowman's trying to do. I kind of understand what these people are trying to do. It's stupid and wrong, but I get where their their human brain is. But I'd have no effing clue other than just being like a literal You're person with cement shit, in their head. Brain. Like, how? You're a bad person. You're like a you're you are a broken person. Like I feel you for you. You deeply wounded yourself, and you're lashing out at That's someone else. That's what's crazy to me. I'm like, how are you making fun of this dude for being fucking sexually assaulted by a guy that you even you see on the regular? You see this other guy, and you're like, that dude assaulted me. And you're like, oh, I bet you liked it. Like, are you insane? I don't. It's. I mean. I it's, mean, seriously, it's exactly the same as someone getting. I mean, it pretty much is as someone getting raped, and then you like make fun of them for getting raped. Like, what? Like that. I think of all these things. That's the part where they're like, yeah, people made fun of me for it. I'm like, what the fuck? Because that's the part where players are supposed to be like, are you for real? You should. We need to talk to someone. Yeah. We need to like. I want this guy gone. Like, how hard is it that if you at least are like a sociopath and don't feel for him, you're like, you know what? I don't want this guy sexually yeah. assaulting me, so let's go figure it out to get him out of here. Uh-huh. And it's like, I have no idea. I want to read this um, quote from Jackie Redman on, on NHL Network today yeah. because I think it hits on this really well. She said, I get it. No one in the situation has been perfect, and I've seen people bring up Jonathan Tays and his age at the time. And you know what? You're right. He was a kid at the time. Absolutely. And maybe he didn't know all the details, and maybe he was too young or too ignorant to know how to handle it. But he isn't 22 anymore. He's 33 now, and he does have all the information. And I hope he read the report before he came out and made comments about it. Um, Kane, for his part, said, I knew Stan very well, knew him, know him, know him, not knew him, know him as a great man. He did a lot for me personally coming into the league and over the course of my career. I'm sure he would have handled things differently nowadays. What happened in the past, what happened, happened in the past. And I think the organization made the right moves to get the Blackhawks going forward in the right steps and making sure they're trending forward. Jeremy Colleton, who's going to be fired any day now. So just say the right thing, dude. I was like, Stan Bowman set you up as like a patsy yeah. anyways. So maybe just be like, yeah, The only reason you're shitty. still there is he was already fired. Yeah. Said, first of all, Stan's the one who gave me a chance to come to the organization in Rockford. First of all, and then here in Chicago. He's been a great mentor for me, someone to learn from. Obviously, he's got so much experience, so it's hard to see. I feel bad for him, obviously. What's in the report, it's tough to read. As an organization, we don't stand for that. I can say that that you don't stand for sexual assault. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't stand for that. I can't believe You know you... what? I know it's controversial. I'm just going to come out and say it. Sexual assault, no good. Yeah. Not... <laughs> Scrap it. Dump it. Dump it. This one's garbage. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe he's like talking. It's like two sides of his mouth, right? It's like Stan Bowman's a great guy, but we don't stand for the things that Stan Bowman I stood feel for. Bad. 
Jeremy, don't lay down for this guy. If you want another job, don't lay down for this guy. Joel Quenville, someone will want to hire. Nobody's desperate to get their hands on Jeremy Collinson, dude. Oh, what's in the report? It's tough to read. As an organization, we don't stand for it. I can say that the stand that I know and I've been dealing with, that's not his values. So it's hard to separate the two. But personally, I just think that you feel for him while also understanding that hockey culture, we got to make sure we're doing the right things and the values we're coming to work with every day. They've got to be the right ones. These people knew these questions were coming. Patrick Kane, I want to emphasize, volunteered. Asked, because he's on COVID protocol right now. So he requested to zoom in to speak to the press and say these things. These these other guys, you can at least say, well, they couldn't avoid these questions. Although they knew they were coming. But they couldn't avoid these questions. But... Oh my god. Okay. Man, Colleton's is bad. I forgot how oh, bad that so is. So freaking bad. Dude, who give like who cares, bro? It doesn't matter. Like, oh I'm so thank you for giving me this job and blah blah blah. I just can't believe that he's like I you know, look up to this man as a mentor, but we don't we don't stand for sexual assault. I'm like, well that's what Stan Bowman uh, at least got out of the way for. So obviously he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing too. I Unbelievable. <sighs> I have the Taves one a little bit, too. You want to read it? Yeah. You had the full one? Yeah, I think this okay. is the one where he's talking about Stan and Al. Because he says, to me, Stan and Al make, uh, make any argument you want. They're not directly complicit in the activities that happened. How? I know. I'm like, Make Dude. any argument for me how they're not. I do like you, that right there. Is just do you mean that shitty. they didn't commit sexual assault? Because then you should have said that, and that would have been cowardly shit. Yeah. But you should have said that. Because they're certainly complicit yeah, I was That's like, there literally was... the definition of complicit. <laughs> I was like, there was there were other assaults that happened after this, Jonathan. Do you th- did you think maybe they could have put their foot this, down here? If we're going to be an hour of the podcast just reading this because yeah. I'm going to fight every oh, word right. of it. He said, it's not up to me to comment on whether they'd <laughs> like to deal with it differently or not. I just know them as people and I've had a relationship and friendship with them for a long time as being part of the Blackhawks family. People like Alan Stan have made coming to the Blackhawks for players around the league who come here to play on this team, one of the special places to play hockey. Did they do that for Kyle Beach, you dumb shit? You fuck, you don't have two brain cells to run together, you stupid, ignorant jackass. I can't, if if at the very least it makes me think he's a complete moron. There have been two stories of of three, there are three major stories in the NHL this year that talk about players who were rejected and spurned from their organization and their relationship with hockey with with hockey was forever damaged. Well, and that part isn't even necessarily true for Jack Eichel. The other two were both Blackhawks. So shut up. <laughs> stop. Just stop. Stop. I know like this Go ahead. Sorry. No, Keep no, no. It's this is how the situation went down, what the timeline was, what they knew. I can't really comment on that. It's obviously a tough day, regardless of mistakes that may have been regardless of mistakes that may have been made. For someone like Stan, who has done so much for the Blackhawks and Al as well, to lose everything they care about and their livelihoods as well. I don't understand how it makes They're it go li- like Yeah. He goes to just delete them from existence and say, That's it, we'll never hear from them again. Dude, shut the fuck up. Oh I cannot God. believe 
There is like that he said this shit. The cup, the top, both of the top two comments on this are one of my favorite Twitter things of all time, which is that fan holding the sign that says, "Our expectations for you were low, but holy fuck!" <laughs> and like I, every time I hear this, it's worse. It's somehow worse. I can't believe it, dude. Like, again, first of all, I get like I'm. I'm one of the people that I'm not going to say because you were you were captain of the team. You're 22. I'm not going to say you you had to have done something. I don't know what you did or didn't know. But like at this point, you got to say, man, I knew this guy. You know, I saw him a few times as a black ace, and I feel terrible that this happened or whatever. And if you want to like try and reconcile, not a your, word of this know, is about Kyle Beach. Not at all. Whose identity he knew at this point. Mm. He can't even get away with. Oh well, I didn't know who the player was. I didn't know this story. You know. He was the captain of the team then. I j- like I have never reviled an athlete more than I revile Jonathan Taves. He is the scum suckiest shithole human being for this comment. Well, that's the thing is like that doesn't that's not like a captain sort yeah. of talk. That's more of like a fucking company. This is like yes a man. crony. Yeah, yeah, that's just like oh, I gotta tow the the Blackhawks line. Like, dude, the guy's out as your GM. Just fuck it. It yeah. doesn't matter. Again, if you did, you feel... read to the very bottom of this. I have a lot of respect for them as people. They're good people. When it comes down to how they feel, looking back, that's not yeah. a, for me to comment on. I yeah. just wanted to get that out there because they're not good people. Yeah. <laughs> You can be a good person that makes a mistake. You definitely can. Yeah. You cannot be a good person that makes a mistake, covers it up for a decade plus, and then doesn't apologize for it when your ass is caught in fire. I know, like, dude, like, it's just, if you want to believe that shit, go ahead, but you cannot, you cannot say that at this point. It goes back you to that optics thing. It. It's just literally, literally just say no comment. Yeah. Literally just say, listen. I had a personal relationship with Stan Bowman. I'm still processing this. Please give me time. That at least makes sense. That at least, like, I, 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 I that would get panned by some people too. Yeah. But at least that's fine. That's what I mean. If I, I think about this a lot. Again, not exactly the same, but it's like if I had a friend, a good friend, and they like shot somebody and killed them, and the and the news is like, hey, what are you thinking, whatever. I think I just be like, you know, they were a close friend. Like you said, this is very hard. I just don't really know what to say at this point yeah and then people be like yeah you're in fucking shock i get it yeah and that and that'd be like th- that would make sense and instead they're like no 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 you guys you, you've got it all wrong and it's like i really i really hope and it, stuff can change i really hope this is some weird people can change. people can change this is some weird like first step is denial thing where he's like no 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 no. these guys i know these guys you know these i think everyone's being way too harsh on these guys it's like no dude it's gonna flood over you hopefully that you God, did not know these guys. I really hope he gets that's all, it. That's the only way it makes sense, because if he sticks to this, I'm like, dude, you're just a piece of shit. I just don't think he'll ever speak about it again, and this well, will be his only thing. Not. That's what I mean. But is he like, also he's... most interesting man of the NHL, I think. Jeff Merrick's made that clear. I, I, if we're gonna, if Jeff Merrick, yeah. if, they don't, if he doesn't personally issue a retraction for his yeah. weird, like, almost sexualized <laughs> obsession with Jonathan Taves, yeah. that's going to be a failure on that part of that podcast. Like I, this is so this is so if we're, bad. If we're sticking with that podcast, I, and I mean it for real, I just have like zero fucking time for Jonathan Taves anymore. Like I'm yeah. just like go away, just go away. Go. Your 
You have Literal- encapsulated like the problem yeah. in like your statement. That's the Genu- all of it. You did it. The number one thing. I genuinely think the number one thing that for sure can come out of this without legal ramifications, without anything, is that he should not be considered for the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's going to be. He will be a first yeah. ballot Hockey Hall of Famer. But, like, he shouldn't. And it, Or or if they put him in the Hall of Fame, just make this fucking comment as plaque. Just put Jonathan Taze, bam. To me, Stan and Al, they were good guys. <laughs> Blackhawks organization. <laughs> like... Oh my god, dude. Uh, I'm sorry that I did that to no, you. No, you're fine. Like, I just... Oh, I don't... How... How... Even... <laughs> even in the twisted world where you want to say all of these words, mm-hmm. how is there still not a middle paragraph about, God, what happened to Kyle Beach was terrible, and I couldn't... I wish I'd known more then. I wish I'd been able to do more then. This is just like, you're just pretending nothing bad happened. Mm. Regardless of mistakes that may have been made, is like the worst constructed sentence. Yeah. I know he's Canadian. He's not a native English speaker, yeah. but he's fluent. And that, I, oh. Yeah, like we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about those snakes, even though that's exactly what this is about. And I'm also gonna say that they may not have actually even happened. This is, I, oh. Was this is a dude. This is what's happening here. I, this is a dude that hates cancel culture, and like this is his chance yeah. to like make his stump speech. That's what he's I'm like. These guys you can't just getting, delete them. I'm yeah. like, dude, dude, dude. dude this I is can, not... am, and will, yeah. and I'll enjoy it. You, Again, this is like someone kills someone. You can't just delete them. Yeah, like, yeah you can. You throw them in prison. Yeah. That's kind of what we all agreed to. Yeah, it's like again, and like you said. Stan Bowman's not going to prison. Not even saying he should. But I'm just like, but he's getting kicked out of the thing that mattered because that's the punishment. You do get also, punished. Also, the dude was going to be fired this year yeah. anyway. He hired Seth Jones. Yeah. He wagered the Blackhawks future on Seth Jones, one of the worst defensemen in the NHL this league. He was on his way out the door, which doesn't change anything but it could at least mute your desire to be like such a hero so (laughs) important to this team i don't know what i'd ever do without him like but this is this is literally like how like bernie federko or bob plager like if they'd done something that like that's the level of the dude was a GM. He wasn't a player. He wasn't a coach. That's what I say. Like you what? could almost more say that about Joel Quinville. Who, who exo- Who like worships their GM this? Well, that's much. what I just say. Like what player on the Blues would be like Armstrong has done so much. Yeah, really. and I'm like, that's the weird thing too. Is like, what was he drafted? Like third, fourth, or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, dude. He wasn't like some guy that like, you know what, Jonathan? I believe oh in God, you. I don't, think, I don't think the other guys do. Some other motherfucker would have picked yeah. you. And then it would have been, you would have just been on a different team, dude. He didn't do like, honestly, he didn't do shit for you. He just put you in the NHL, which you were already going to be. Yeah. So good for you. But like, yeah. uh, I can't believe, what did he do? 
what did he do for you? What did he, he do? He signed you to two big fat money contracts yeah. that you haven't deserved. That's just faceless money, bro. Like that's the thing where I'm like, I think you're, I think you're just so far up your own ass, and yep. you're just in this weird yep. other zone where I'm like, do you not see what's going on here? I don't even. Oh, I let me read this Dom Fair tweet before uh, we forget. Rick West had tweeted, "Dom Fair will meet with Oilers." That's uh, the head of the NHLPA, who's also been accused. Uh, by Kyle Beach of, of inaction and a failure to act. Don Fair will meet with Oilers players tonight in Vancouver, part of a scheduled fall tour. Some Oilers players talking to their agents about how to frame questions for Fair in the face of allegations. Fair may face direct questions about whether he should continue to lead the union. He shouldn't. There should be no questions. Also, this is another thing. This is another problem with this whole scandal. I talked about it with Doug Armstrong, too. uh, And I'm not saying we need to force him out or anything. But, like, if you have had the same leader for 10-plus years, he has been your leader too long. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some some companies like, you know, Tesla. Elon Musk should probably be the leader (laughs) for as long, you know, because it's Tesla. It's, like, entwined with him. It is part of his being. But, like, if you just have an organization that, like, votes on a leader... And you pick the same person for over a decade, unless they are like Pope John Paul II, that doesn't make much sense. (laughs) I know, like, you probably need new blood at some point. Friggin' Taylor Hall, who's not even involved here, gets this better than any of these fuck sticks do our hearts go out to kyle beach we were playing junior at a similar time it's just so unfortunate he had to go through that i think everyone well not jonathan taves uh we were talking about it last night everyone feels terrible for him again not patrick kane or jonathan taves and hopes that he can get some solace at the end of this every culture needs to keep getting better and hockey's no different this is a game that's a little bit of a i guess what you call an old boys club there's definitely some secrecy and things that need to change and hopefully they can you never want to think of an incident like this positives coming from it because it's been so terrible but there needs to be changes and unfortunately people need to be held accountable what is so hard about that even quinville who by the way should have been fired who by the way coached 769 games after kyle beach regular season games after kyle beach's accusation he won like 430 and two more stanley cups which is actually inaccurate when i tweeted that because technically he won three stanley cups Mm. after kyle beach's accusation because he won the one that the accusation happened right before 769 434 wins hit three stanley cups he got to win all that and he got to leave a team of his own free will at like the age of what 67 or something he's not a young man he basically just retired i'm just like and and even he even even still even as stupid and central to this problem he is as he is he says with deep regret and contrition both words that indicate that you personally feel emotional responsibility for bad action. I'm just defining that because obviously Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Stan Bowman don't know the definition of either of those words. I announce my resignation as head coach of the Florida Panthers. Not stepping aside, resignation. I want to express my sorrow for the pain this young man, Kyle Beach, has suffered. An apology. Not, well, he didn't say, I'm sorry, but he said, yeah, my sorrow. 
My former team, the Blackhawks, failed Kyle, and I own my share of that. A little, a little bit of, of separating the subject and the predicate and all that stuff, but still, I want to reflect on how all this happened and take the time to educate myself on ensuring hockey spaces are safer for everyone. He did not make any effort to pass the buck. He did not make any effort to make it about him or make him seem better. He could have been stronger, but he could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Kevin Shovel Day off for just a minute. I don't want to be on this too long because we got another podcast still to record tonight, in theory. Uh, but um, he did not get punished. Gary Bettman did not punish him. Uh, according to Emily Kaplan's report, uh, quote, Bettman decided Shovel Day off wasn't senior enough to assign the same responsibility for the team's inaction. I'm sorry, dot, dot, dot. What? Yeah, that really, how long you're with the team isn't like, See, I, I didn't really even think matter. about that. I just assumed they meant in a senior enough position, which he was the assistant general manager, not the assistant to the general manager, the assistant general manager, which means he was the number two. How senior do you have to be? Sure, maybe everyone in that room was more senior than him, but if you have a spine, if you have decency, you would find a way. And if these people say, you know, we'll talk about it in three weeks, you say, Again, once again, to quote John John Tortorella, all you have to do is say, no, not a chance. Not a chance are we doing this in three weeks. If you don't address it right now, I will call Rocky Wirtz, and I will make sure it gets addressed. And if he doesn't address it, I will call the media. And if the media doesn't do anything about it, I will call the police. And if the police don't do anything about it, I will quit my job knowing that I've done everything I can. That's Listen, I I know that's easy for me to say, record a podcast 11 years later uh i am confident that that's what i would do and i'm not trying to say i'm i'm a good person because i'm not a great person i'm not a i'm not a particularly courageous person in any respect anyone that knows me will say that without question but that's not difficult i would feel more uncomfortable staying in an organization that i knew was covering this stuff up he was in the room. He knew he was the assistant general manager. And you're just saying, say la vie, whatever. He can mm-hmm. still be the GM of our Canadian franchise, which I don't think is not a factor here. Um, he's not. Also, what's he done for you, Jets? Fire the man. <laughs> Show some courage. What is he? What? He got you. Pierre-Luc Dubois or something? Like, what magical thing has he done? Have you gotten to the third round? Have you gotten out of the... Have you gotten to the second round in, in years? Like, I... Now, again, it shouldn't be about hockey. Yeah. But at least the Panthers were like, yo, they they effed up. He should never have coached the game he coached Wednesday night. We haven't even talked about that. But obviously they were like, yo, dude, Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, we can't, no, 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 not a chance. And the jet, he's just going to be there. The other general managers are just going to call him yeah, for players. This feels unfinished. There are other sexual assault victims in the league that he might trade for unknowingly that now have to go there knowing that he's their GM. I'm just, mm. you know, I don't know of any. I'm just saying that... Uh, 
statistics would indicate there probably are. Uh, there are certainly, as I said with Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks early, certainly, certainly sexual assault victims in the Winnipeg fan base that now have to cheer for this team or choose not to cheer for this team. And maybe they can't tell you why they can't cheer for this team anymore because they aren't comfortable sharing their story yet. And you could just make that better. You could just say, Kevin, you failed. Mm-hmm. You failed. You had a failure of your moral fiber. Even if you think he has a lot of it now, even if you want to pull a Jonathan Tayez, it's like, dude, sorry, sorry, man, sorry. I, you know, it is possible for people to screw something up so badly that there's no other recourse. It really is, and it is possible for that to happen. And for it not to, you not to be condemning them as a human being or trying to ruin the rest of their life, you know? You just have to make an example. I yeah. mean, they've got to serve some sort of literally, purpose. Literally, you can't do this. Literally, Kevin Shoveldayoff has to be fired so that anyone who's in Kevin Shoveldayoff's shoes in the future know that silent. there's no reward for silence. Mm-hmm. You're not getting away with this just because you keep your mouth shut. You're equally culpable. He's not equally culpable, which means uh, by proclamation, by almost, I think, literally word-for-word proclamation of Gary Bettman, he's not culpable. So I guess shit's whack then. I guess that's the story. Um, I just... I mean, it kind of goes back to like they the overall the overall point at this point, right? Is just that like hockey culture has to change, and I think while a lot of this stuff has has been good in terms of getting rid of people and moving people on from their positions because they no longer deserve to be in them, that is one of those things where I hate seeing these organizations say stuff where they're like, "Hey." Um, you know, we've put stuff in place so this won't happen again. And I get they can't be overly specific, but also that just sounds hollow. And I'm like, I need you to like mean that. I re- because there's there's doing all this stuff to make an example of everyone uh-huh. and be like, you can't do this. But also there needs to be an avenue to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And that's what to me is the tragedy of this is none of these punishments have been as severe enough. Nothing has happened that's bad enough to say this will not happen again mm-hmm. in the NHL. I God, I hope it doesn't. I mean, I hope it doesn't, but, but it's like, one of those things where I'm like, it just feels like it just feels like it will. Yeah, yeah. If you keep having enough warning signs and you ignore them, eventually the nuclear plant blows up or whatever. You know, like oh, I wanna I wanna read this extended quote from Chris Johnson, who has a, a new podcast, which. Um, I think they headed out of the park this week yeah. with their episode on this. Um, just kind of not kind of stripping away the journalism hat and just being emotional and being raw and vulnerable about it. Um, he said, the problem hockey will have, so much of it is celebrated about keeping things in-house, being a team, the we before me. And a lot of those traits are beautiful, honestly. I do think there are so many amazing people in the sport because they really can be selfless and they try to do what's right. But with that same institution as protecting something, 
but when that same institution is protecting something that shouldn't be protected, that's where you get a problem here. When the institution is valued above the individuals within it, that's where you get these kinds of issues. That's the kind of structures where these sorts of things happen. And it's pretty clear that they had that in Chicago. I suspect it's not just there, by the way. I don't know of anything at all, but when you see the rot here, it's not very hard to start imagining that this isn't an isolated incident in an isolated city with an isolated franchise in an isolated league. I'm sure there's a lot more out there, and that's why I think it's important to have these conversations, and it's important that there's real action and real consequences for the people involved because that does increase the chances that it's reduced or hopefully eliminated at some point in the future. And with that read, uh, it seems poignant to point out that Bill Guerin, the leading candidate to replace uh, Stan Bowman as the GM of Hockey Canada in the aftermath of all this, is currently under accusation of covering up a sexual assault that took place while he was in the Penguins organization. So I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same. But I, I, I want to. I would love to close on a positive note. I just don't know where it is from this. There hasn't been an. There were some right steps made. Some people acted right. I guess the one positive I would say is it really seems like the younger generation of players got this Mm -hmm. better than the older generation, and maybe that guard is actually changing a little bit. Taylor Hall's not, you know, dramatically younger than uh, Jonathan Taze, but he's like half a generation younger. Um, You know, Alex Dabrinkit is like a full decade younger or so. Like, maybe that change is coming, maybe... Maybe millennials are good for something. But no, I guess Jonathan Taze is a millennial. Maybe Gen Z is good for something. <laughs> no, we're useless. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough week in hockey. you have anything more you want to say on this? No, I mean, I guess, you know, um, thanks to anyone who listened. You know, thanks for hopefully listening to other podcasts that had to deal with us or, yeah. or reading through any of this or watching the interview. Because, like I said, I think, I think just... Seeing it can only help keep us all informed and stuff because I think it, this is one of those things where honestly, maybe if I was in their shoes, however, you know, 10 years ago when I was young, maybe it would be really hard for me to say anything. But I think when these things happen, the only positive I can take out of it is like now I feel like emboldened to the point that mm-hmm. if this did happen, I have no doubt, like you were saying, that I wouldn't let this go. Yeah. And I would hope that this just emboldens everyone else, like, you know what. I see this is wrong. We've all, I can see there's thousands, millions of people around me that say this is wrong and I would do something. So if I'm in a room where no one's doing anything, Mm -hmm. I know that there's still a million people out there that would and I need to do that for them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think the biggest lessons that are going to be learned here are the lessons that hopefully we will all learn Mm -hmm. uh, to care a little more about each other, to forget, to remember that people have struggles that we might not know about. Uh, to you know, fight a little harder for justice for people who are are not getting justice. Um, I think those are all virtues we can take away, and to not let the NHL forget this, mm-hmm. to not let um, Kyle Beach's name be forgotten, to continue to fight for his story. And it, I want to be very clear about this um, because I know that the Blues are about to play the Blackhawks, and I know how that's going to go from a fan perspective. But this isn't about Blues Blackhawks Mm -hmm. at all. It's not about the Blackhawks 
in particular, other than that they, as opposed to any other franchise, are the ones where mm. this happened. It could have happened in any NHL franchise. It's not a Blackhawks issue. And, uh, you know, I am already, look, I and, and we will. We will, I think, rip on St. Louis fans if they somehow make this about themselves and trying to get over on the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've heard there's talk on Twitter of a no means no chant, um, which is just completely reprehensible yeah, as far like, as I'm concerned. Ugh. But like, um, I just, it's not about that. It's a, it's an unfortunate, well, not an unfortunate, it's a nothing coincidence that, um, it happens to be our team's biggest rival, but I'm not going to let, I, I will let it, I will let it bleed over into Jonathan Taves because fuck that guy. I was saying, like, I'm say, yeah. gonna... if, someone, if someone runs Jonathan Taves, I can't say I'd be that yeah, upset. Yeah. But everyone else, honestly. Patrick Kane a little bit, Jonathan yeah. Taves all the way. But other than that. Rusty all, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did want to repeat those resources one more time. Uh, the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-HOPE. Four six seven three, uh, rape abuse and incest national network r a i n n dot org, the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence m o c a d s v dot org, and the Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault i c a s a dot org. Those will be in the show notes. Uh, we are going to post this with no intro and no outro and nothing fancy, and it will be online. Uh, pretty quickly tonight because it's really real easy to edit a show that has no <laughs> intro or no outro. Um, if you've listened this far, thanks. If if you you know need to talk more about it, I think our DMs are open. I don't even know what that means, but you know people s- say it. Slide on in true. there; it's cool. Um, we're gonna try to <laughs> reset and record a, a spooky Halloween podcast here, so. I'm sure it'll go great. But anything else you want to say, Ian? No, I'll just say thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Hopefully the NHL will learn. Hopefully this won't happen again. But if it does, we'll be here to find it because we are the Justice League. Uh, No, this is absolutely, um, yeah, this is a necessary conversation, and and I hope we all continue it. Thank you all, and uh, good night.